Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to On the Continent, your definitive guide to the biggest stories in European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Nikki Bandini. On this edition, can the two giants of Milan get going when the going gets tough in this year's Champions League? Will this season at last be different or will Inter once again pull the trigger and shoot themselves in the foot? Will it be Ciao or Arrivederci? Nice to see you, to see you nice to Milan for the knockouts. Also, don't call it a homecoming. The return of Lewandowski to Bayern but without his golden boot. Should Barca be unduly concerned? And how the top, top players in European football are getting away with a please release me, let me go clause in their contracts. Nicky, what a win for Napoli. Two wins out of two in the Champions League. Yeah, I was. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the Napoli Rangers game. It, it started off as such a tempo and uh, Luciano Spalletti had this wonderful turn of phrase at the end of the game. He said that it, um, the atmosphere at Ibrox had been like being inside a toaster it was so hot so he was stuck between the, the two heating elements on either side but it was it was really really sort of super high intensity game to start off with I think it it felt like Rangers thought maybe they could overwhelm Napoli with that and I think it's a very sort of culturally British idea of how you beat the Italians is is just get in their faces and be fast to be more physical and I think actually it could have worked against lots of Serie A teams but I think Napoli have shown that they're not afraid to mix in that sort of environment very quickly despite being knocked off course a few times they were moving the ball around very sharply 
And look, they they got some breaks in the end because, of course, well, they got three penalties, a penalty and they? then retaken. Yes, and they, it took the third one. The thing is that all of them were correct, actually. In the end, you know, that both penalties were were fouls. There was encroachment on the area. So the, the the retake was the most questionable, just because players from both teams were encroaching at the time. Um, but but I think Napoli very much deserved it in the end and, and the, the sort of the, the sending off which was probably as critical as the penalty for, for Sands was the right decision um, but they've been a lot of fun to watch Napoli in the Champions League there's two games and both of them have been two of my favourite games just from an entertainment standpoint so far in this year's competition yeah, Andy, what about Sporting smashing Spurs? It's going to delight, of course, one or two people on the other side of North London, i.e. Nicky Bandini. But can we concentrate, forget the result, can we concentrate on this Marcus Edwards boy that you've been talking about and raving about for quite some time? Is he really the new Messi? Well, if, if Pochettino says so, I, I, I guess he is. I, I mean, it's funny how that was uh, used as a, a way to frame how highly Pochettino thought of him and how he might have struggled with expectations before kickoff, and then he goes and nearly scores a messy goal at the end of the the, the first half. Um, I think Hugo Lloris broke a few hearts by by saving that because it would have been an aesthetically perfect goal. But um, you know, we, we talked I think last week about how um, one of the Portuguese papers says said he's not a false nine he's a real nine which is remarkable to say about someone who's five foot six but you know he's got such strength control balance um but it wasn't just about him i think you're looking at a sporting team that is brilliantly coached by ruben amorim who as i was saying to marcus and marcus mentioned on um uh, the, the ramble earlier this week I, I think he's going all the way I, I think he's going to be one of the best coaches in the game you know he lost his um, central midfield of uh, Palinha and Matias Nunes to, to the Premier League at the, at the start of the year and he's just having this little rebuild you know they lost Pablo Sarabia as well who Edwards is nominally taking over from, from. and I think we're seeing now more and more how we'll come to another Portuguese side a little bit later how much physically stronger the top Portuguese teams are because for them to stay with Spurs for the whole 90 minutes and then score the two goals right at the end, I don't think a Portuguese team is capable of doing that five years ago. Whereas now they've got that extra physical edge to compete with Premier League teams, which is really impressive. Yeah, Nicky, let's, let's start with the fortunes of the two Milan clubs. OK, they've won their latest matches in the Champions League. But are you convinced? You're not the first person to ask me about this. And I, I think it's, it's sort of really sort of hard to, to, to talk about these things without zooming out quite a bit. Um, there's, there's the very big picture, which is, look, um, bluntly, money talks. The, the Italian sides that were, that were dominant two decades ago or a decade and a half ago it's more like two decades ago now really more than two decades ago actually when I think about it gosh the years rattle on don't they um those were bankrolled by people with hundreds of millions of of, of euros you know they were bankrolled by your Marathis, by your Berlusconis, by your whoever it would be for for whichever club but those are the two Milan clubs and and those things made those people made things possible um I think if you want to then sort of step out of the that sort of very broad big picture and talk about the two Milan clubs specifically, well, look, they both went through these sort of, I think, post those owners, they both went through slumps. Um, and there were sort of details 
along the way of exactly how and when those thumps hit, which varied between one and the other. Um, obviously, with with Inter, you could say maybe it wasn't a post-Moratti slump, it was post-Mourinho slump, which is a very classic sort of thing to happen to Mourinho clubs, is he came in, squeezed every last drop out of them, and then as soon as he was gone, it was a, a period of decline that followed. Um, but certainly when, when those two owners moved on and, and both clubs went into new phases, things got more difficult and, and each of them missed the Champions League for, I think, seven consecutive years. Not not the same seven years, but both of them had seven year periods without the Champions League. And then you could say, oh, well, then they came back and the results weren't great. Well, part of that is a chicken and egg situation because look at the groups they were thrown into when they came back from those seven year absences. You know, Inter uh, came back in um, to a group that, oh, I can't remember who the, the, the other team in the group was, but they had them and Tottenham in the same group. And actually them and Tottenham finished on, on the same points in that group. And it was decided on away goals in the head-to-head matchups. The next year, I think they had Barcelona. It was Barcelona both times. The next year was Barcelona and Borussia Dortmund. And they did beat Dortmund once. They didn't get through the group. So we can get granular about it and say, well, Inter, their coefficient got hammered while they were out for seven years. They came back and it was tough setting coming back in. And then perhaps after that, if we want to bring it back to your um, issues in North London, Dutton, after that, as they got back on top of Italian football, they had a manager named Antonio Conte, who, brilliant as he is domestically, has been serially poor in the Champions League. And and that goes back to his time at Juventus and, and everywhere else he's been. I think he's only had one quarter final in 11 or 12 attempts in the Champions League. So, so you can get into that part of it. Um, for Milan... Look, their comeback to the Champions League was last season. And last season, in their debut game against Liverpool, so away at Anfield, they came back. They had, I think, six players out of 11 who had never played a Champions League game before. And I actually thought in that game specifically, they they performed really well, given all that. Okay, there were periods when they were a bit overrun, but then they came back, they led Anfield, they, they shocked Liverpool a little bit. And I think... That's the granular side of things, right? Those clubs have been through specific stories of their own that have ups and downs along the way. And what's interesting is between the two of them, it's Milan who are more recently back in the Champions League and Milan who I currently have much more optimism for because, yes, while both of them won this week, it's Milan who I could imagine getting through to the knockout phase much more readily than I can enter. Yeah, let's get a dispatch on this from our man in Varsava. Well, I, I just I just wanted to um, ask Nicky actually about. I mean, I think Milan are the more attractive side. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and you can see the fact that there's a ceiling they're that they're going towards, which is quite high. It feels like they're a team that's 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 growing together. But I, I wanted to talk about you talked about being out of the Champions League for a, a long time and that lack of experience. Of course, what Inter benefited from this week was the the experience of Edin Dzeko, 36 now, uh, no Lukaku at the moment. Um, as Dotton says, I was watching um, all the all the games on Tuesday night in a in a bar in in Warsaw, and um, someone was saying, I think on Polish television, Dzeko continues his incredible record against Pilsen. And you're like, didn't he play in, in, in Czech football? I, th- I think that is kind of a leg up to that good record, <laughs> but but. but he did have a, a, a really good game and what he offers is more than goals and you know people say it again and again and again about say um, Olivier Giroud or going a bit further back uh, Teddy Sheringham um, someone who never had lightning pace in the first place and so 
as the brain develops and they were always quite sort of cerebral players their game develops even more and he's not far from being as good as he ever was yeah I, I, I don't know if I'd say not far from being as good as he ever was I mean he he's definitely he was never a fast player and I, I understand where you're coming from on that like when you've when you got someone who wasn't ever basing the game around pace and explosiveness then 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 you're not going to lose that as you get older and I suppose you could draw a comparison with someone like Teddy Sheringham maybe who was a, a slightly different kind of, of centre forward but nevertheless was someone who didn't rely on that part of their game so much and was I think similar to Jekko a very generous player I think Jekko is still underestimated a bit in what a generous player he is and how much he, he plays for the team um but there's sort of still a second side to that um which is Jekko's in that team last night and uh, and in general in this in this Champions League group uh, because sorry it's the night before last but um because um there's no Lukaku and no Lukaku is is going to be the the sort of big reason I think if he ends up his, his sort of return is still um not entirely clear what day he's coming back but it's going to be a, a major factor in in Inter's chance of getting through this Champions League group because it is a very very tough group again they've got Bayern Munich and they've got Barcelona they've already got thumped quite comprehensively by Bayern Munich and Lukaku was the headline signing this summer Lukaku was the one who was supposed to bring back the the glory days of, of winning the league I say glory days only one season ago but still the, the the that sort of quality up front that they had and and not having him is is a big blow and, and I do think it's one of those other sort of many interesting threads about timing a much more sort of close up thread on timing than, than what I was just talking about with the big picture of the last decade and more um is that this Champions League group stage is so condensed again because of the World Cup, like so many other things, it's all got to get done by early November. And, you know, I was thinking about this with Juventus as well and and, uh, and Pogba being out. In, a, in another year, you might have hoped to get some of these players back for a couple of games at the end of the group. And are you going to get them back in time to, to have an impact is, is I think, going to be a really... Um, I don't know, a defining question for some teams uh, this season. There's been a lot of correspondence on social media for us, uh, not about Inter and Milan as much. Um, do feel free to contact us anytime during the course of the week at Football Ramble, at Dotton, at Ibayo, at Andy Brassel and at Nicky Bandini. Yeah, it's the other big team. Well, there are several, I know, uh, before you smack me down, Nicky, but there, it's the other big, huge historical team in Italy that a lot of the correspondence has been about. Christopher on Instagram says, why is Allegri doing so much worse this time around? Is it him or Juve? Uh, Niall on Instagram says, do Juve sack Allegri now and get too cool SAP? Well, you tell me, because they went down to a shock defeat, didn't they? Or is it shocking? I I think it is because it's at home. Um, and maybe that um, sort of impression of Allianz Stadium being this sort of impenetrable place where they uh, should be able to get results, even in Europe, is, is, is being shattered a bit now. And I think I, I put this on Twitter last night that they've won four of their last 10 games at home and they've lost both the last two in Europe, the last one being an absolute thrashing 3-0 to, to Villarreal so it's it's um it's definitely lost some of its mystique very quickly that Allianz Stadium which used to be such a fortress for them but it's is a, a real sense of of everything un, unraveling and and why why is it going so badly for them gosh it 
you know, I was very much in the camp that expected Max Allegri to be an effective solution for them. Like I thought Max Allegri coming back after a year of Sarri and a year of Andrea Pirlo would be uh, sufficient. He would get them back on track. He would make them probably not that interesting to watch, but he'd, he'd, he knows how to win games and, and how to to work in that environment. He understands the, the ethos of the club better than perhaps Sarri does. And he's just a better manager than Andrea Pirlo was. But so far, he really just hasn't been able to do it at all. And I think this summer, this summer was really, uh, last season, I think he could get away with saying, well, the team has changed while I was away. I haven't got the players I need and and it needs to be fixed. This summer, the club does go out and gets him this sort of international forward of experience in, in Di Maria. They go out and get him Pogba now. Pogba, of course, has been absent, which is a big deal. And um, that was a box-to-box midfielder. You really wanted him, Pogba isn't there. But they go out and get him Pogba and they go out and get him um, Paredes as well, who, who was a really sort of important figure in midfield to be giving some amount of of that Ajista quality that they've been missing. And they got Bremer to replace um, Delict, And I think that's at least sort of a, a similar quality of, of centre-back, so you shouldn't have lost too much there, at least on performance. Delict had all that potential, but did he ever go beyond the levels that Bremer produced last season for Torino? I don't, I don't know if he did. So he has been given what he wanted in, in a great way. And it's still not working. Now, funnily enough, this comes back to what I just said before, which was, you know, timing matters. And I think if you look at Max Allegri's most effective seasons at Juventus, very often you see a team that evolved through this the, the season. Very often you see that the best football was played in the second half of the season. He is someone who will change his tactics as he goes. He always talks about being not like a very academic sort of thinker. He very much goes on instincts, goes on his sort of, um, his... Uh, his ideas that come into his head and 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 that has served him well in his previous time there. And what he said about a week ago now was, look, there's going to be two seasons this season. There's going to be the season before the World Cup and there's going to be a new season after the World Cup. So we just need to get to the end of this season, the one that ends in November, within striking distance, basically, right? Like we just need to be close enough. And then after the World Cup, you're going to see a different season anyway and we're going to come together. Well, not points from two Champions League games does not put you in position to strike and you're not going to have time to wait until after that November anyway to get out of this group stage. And I, I think it's it's really unravelling, frightening me fast for them. And, you know, yesterday um, before the game, Arriva Bene, who's the, the chief executive, was doing a few photos and, and conversations with fans after a, a, a meeting with the Benfica executives and it was all sort of good nature but one of them said you know basically Allegri out to him and he said okay you're going to pick up the tab for the next manager then and you know he, he sort of tried to like shrug that off afterwards and it's say oh right you know answer. I was just yeah. joking and all the rest of it but Allegri is under contract till 2025 and he has a seven million euros a year contract and Juventus are if he's not the answer they're in a pickle but Nicky, the manager seems to be getting a lot of the flack. Is he the problem or is it the team? Is it Allegri or Juve? I I do have some sympathy for him because I do think that if Pogba is there and if Chiesa is there, this team looks dramatically different. Um, I think that's two players you could put into that team who immediately make it look very different. And Chiesa has been a really long-term absentee that has been a major loss for Juventus. That that you think about how good he was at the Euros and then to lose him for most of last season, to still not have him back this season, that's that's a, a big blow for any club. But 
I think as a manager who has been in Champions League finals, who has won five league titles in a row and who is inheriting, frankly, what was supposed to be this sort of low point from the previous two managers where they'd only won the league under Asari and then only um, kind of gone out, what was the last 16 under Andrea Pirlo uh, and Sari in the Champions League. Well, they didn't win the league under Allegri last season. They went out in the last 16 probably more embarrassingly than they did under the previous two managers, given that 3-0 home defeat. You got given a 70 million euro striker in January in, in Dusan Vlaovic to fix some of your problems. All right, Pogba's out, but you still were given Di Maria, Paredes. I, I think it's reasonable at this point to say, what have you done to make them better? Like, what? why is this team not performing better? Why have they got only two wins in six Serie A games so far this season? And sure, if you ask me sort of my honest sort of expectation, I think if Allegri stays there till the end of the season, I think by the end of the season, things will be better. I think they'll have those players back and I think Allegri will do what he always does and and make things better along the way. Do I think he's doing good enough for a manager of his sort of wages of expectations that are put upon him on the amount of support that he's been given? No, I think he isn't, no. I think that's an interesting question when you look at how the teams are actually coached because especially in this game against Benfica and let's be clear Benfica didn't nick this game they they really deserve to win I, I think and it sounds like such a simple thing to boil it down to but I think confidence and coaching really shone through in this and the difference between the two teams now Benfica are in a good place after this they've won all 12 games this season which is an incredible start to the season which outstrips what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when they matched that um, Sven Juran Eriksson start to the season that, that you know is already their best start in, in 40 years and I think if you look at if you could like boil it down to, to one moment the bit that actually let Benfica back into the game just before half time when Miretti makes that really daft foul in, in, in the penalty box. Now, he's young. I accept that. Young players make mistakes. But then again, you look at Antonio Silva on the other side. 18-year-old, centre-back. I think in previous times, you think, well, he's been sort of sent into the lion's den, really. Juventus away in the Champions League. He was really composed. He was really great. And I think that says a lot about Roger Schmidt and the confidence that he gives this team you know Enzo Fernandez in midfield he, he wasn't even in European football a couple of months ago um, you know it's, it's a team that I, I thought played with confidence like they expect to win like they deserve mm. to, to, to to be there and you know I, I still think they're not favourites to to go through this group I think we have to wait and see but um that they've put themselves in a position where they're, they're six points in front of Juventus. That's, that's an incredible start. I guess the question is, going back to the Tuchel question, um, you know, what would that be able to do immediately? I, I suppose if you're looking at it from, it, from a Champions League perspective, like, like the way in which Tuchel not just immediately improved Chelsea in a Champions League context, of course getting them all the way to winning the trophy when they didn't even look contenders, but the fact that he um, managed to do that with the existing players by getting the best out of players who weren't quite doing it. You know, Antonio Rudiger was 
considered like an inconvenience by Frank Lampard and he wanted to get rid of him from the squad and he, you know, Tuchel helps him become one of the best centre-backs in, in Europe and, you know, he's just indicative of a number of players who were brought up really from, from a level to a, a much, much higher level. Then that's interesting and look, I, I know people moaned about Tuchel fixing the defence and said that made him a defensive coach, which I never think is quite right, by the way. Um, no, no one's complained about that at Juventus, let's be clear. Well, I mean, I, do you think people aren't complaining about defensiveness, Juventus? I think they are right now, but would they be happy enough if it was defensiveness that worked? Um, yeah, yeah, agree, that, again, that, that's, you that's know, it. Took, <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah, no, Allegri took Juventus to Champions League finals playing at times sort of football that, that relied on being very solid at the back. And I think that's one of the sort of many condemnations that's coming his way at the moment. And there's there's some footage that's doing the rounds in Italy this, uh, this morning that, that is, um, it's open to interpretation because it's not very clear. It's two players talking on the pitch. But Di Maria was caught on camera speaking to Milik after the game and he's sort of asking por qué and he's doing the, a gesture with his hands that suggests substitution. And the inference in, in Italy has been that he was asking Milik, you know, why is the manager taking you off when we needed you on, when we needed, you know, you to to be um to be getting that goal for us. And that sort of that sense with um Allegri has followed him around, I think, even since that successful era at Juventus, that when he was in that successful era it was because he was able to say, well, we won't play expansive football, we'll keep it tight at the back. And hey, I happen to have Bonucci, Buffon, Chiellini and Barzagli, one of the best defences European football seen in, in the modern era, um, to fall back on and defend those one nils. And, and Juventus can't play like that anymore. Pero Italia sueña con la Copa. Gilardino, Dal Piero, Dal Piero, Dal Piero, gol! Dal Piero, gol! Dal Piero, gol! By the way, the keen-eared amongst you might have heard that there, one of us is in an airport and um, on his tour of the Champions <laughs> League across the continent, um, next week we'll be asking, where is Andy Brassel at this week? I'll give you a clue. Jindobri, Yakshamash, and don't forget those Polish pierogas. Don't eat too many of them. Anyway, the... I think one of the highlights of this week's Champions League fixtures was Bayern versus Barcelona, featuring, of course, the return of the goal-scoring Don Lewandowski back to his home turf. But it didn't turn out like he would have wanted, did it, Andy? Uh, no, it didn't. And um, watching it with um, some people who cover the Bundesliga, there was a little twitch of Lewandowski and big games in the Champions League. Now, I, I don't know if this is a big game because of the narrative rather than the actual context, because ultimately it's only a, a second group stage game of six in, in, in the Champions League. And Barcelona losing this, especially with what Nicky was saying about Inter, it, you know, it's not necessarily fatal to their, their, their Champions League hopes. I think when you get a game like Bayern versus a good Barcelona, and this was a good Barcelona, there's no doubt about that, and they're getting somewhere. Um, it's, it's only really posturing at this stage in, in, in the Champions League. Um, you know, you normally know that the best teams are going through. So it's their best opportunity to, to, to show that 
that they're in some sort of form to be serious about the competition this year. And I actually felt that both teams did that really, um, because uh, Barcelona were the better team in the first half. Um, it's clear that they're a way different proposition than they were in the group stage last season. Step away a minute from the sustainability of what they've done in the transfer market this summer. Um, there's hope there. I, th I think from a supporter's perspective, that's all you can hope for. They played um, aggressive, energetic football in the, in, in the first half and, and Bayern couldn't get out. I thought they were a bit careless um, losing the ball in, in midfield. Part of that obviously was to do with, with, with Barcelona's press. I think to sort of come back to, to Lewandowski, which is inevitable, but um, yeah, this idea that he sort of dropped away in a big game. I mean, I think in the first half of that game, I was reading from the Athletics numbers this morning, he had a higher expected goals than the entire um, Bayern Munich team in the first half of that game. So the idea that he wasn't sort of contributing, he wasn't dangerous, I think, you know, it wasn't just when he was shooting as well. Like that was just his shots, the expected goals for him, but he also was a big part of that high press you mentioned, Andy, and, and, and keeping them sort of... Um, hemmed in so I thought I thought Lewandowski actually had quite a good game and, and sure like of course strikers going to be judged by their goals but I think it would be a bit wrong to write that off as, as going that way but the second half changed it and um, the second half was a second half that Julian Nagelsmann needed because um, Bayern have had their worst start to a domestic campaign in 12 years now we're not talking Juventus style here they're unbeaten They've drawn the last three. So that <laughs> represents their worst Bundesliga start in 12 years. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, there's been um, a lot of chat about, you know, how they, they find some sort of, not so much equilibrium on the pitch, but equilibrium in terms of hierarchy post Lewandowski. Because, um, of course, immediately when he goes, you think... Um, how do, you, how do you replace the goals? Well, that, that's never really been a question for Bayern because they've got so many other players who can score goals. Mane's come in. Musiala's started the season absolutely off the chain. Uh, Leroy Zanay's in great nick, etc., etc. Um, but what it does create is a situation that when Lewandowski's playing, you know what the team is most of the time and you know who the main goal scorer is. But now there's that vacuum uh, that sort of power vacuum to be filled and you have maybe four five six players who feel they should be starters and that creates sulks on the bench so that, that's something that's difficult for Nagel's man to deal with but what he did um, really here is he got it right in the second half he, he brought on Leon Goretzka who has been coming back from injury so they haven't been able to to max him out and when you've got Kimmich and Goretzka in the centre of midfield. Now, I suspect it will be the same for Germany and Qatar. They're just a different proposition. And they were, they were really, really good in the second half, I, I, I thought. They've still got a few defensive issues to deal with. But I think when you have Kimmich and Goretzka in front of the defence, that makes a huge step towards solving those. Out of Bayern and Barca, which of those two teams are more likely to progress to the final stages of the competition from what you've seen this week? I, I think it's still Bayern. Um, I think Bayern still sort of seem to have more about them. I think when you talk about what Andy said with them being um, unbeaten start as this sort of disaster, and 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 I think when you sort of consider that they how they are the ones who are sort of um, 
trying to remodel post-Lewandowski and they're still able to get these results in Europe, I think you've got to be optimistic about the capacity in that team for even more development going forward. Libera la difesa della Bayern, Polo Terzi, contropiede, scatta Ziegler, solo Ziegler, Ziegler, desiste il Guerra, Ziegler, sopra Casillas, Ziegler, rete! 4-1, è un trionfo per il Bayern. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. In France, in PSG of all places, there is a, a, a soap opera, I think it is in any case, that is continuing and it stars their main man, Kylian Mbappe. What is the latest in this soap opera, Andy? Well, it, it turns out that the NBA influence on football is, is never-ending, Don. And um, it's been revealed this week that um, when we had that huge fuss um, on the last PSG home game of the season where Kylian Mbappe uh, signed a new contract, a, a sort of surprise new contract, I suppose, um, to 2025, um, they maybe put the wrong number on the back of the shirt because it turns out it's not a three-year deal. 
it's a two plus one deal. So it could be a three-year deal, but it's two guaranteed years and one year is optional. The option being Kylian Mbappe's prerogative. So basically what we are is in a situation where at the end of this season, presuming he were to opt out and why wouldn't he even if he wanted to stay because he could <laughs> negotiate himself a, a better deal on more money on the prices of two years from now um, or a year and a half from now um, he is a year away from being a free agent again at the end of this season so that means that the speculation mm. starts all over again so PSG thought it was locked down and maybe it's, maybe it's not Nicky isn't this bonkers I I I think it's it's as Andy said it's it's possibly revealing it's possibly a a shift in in a direction of, of football and I think when we talk about that like we need to really emphasize that this isn't a shift in the football for all players but I think that football is ever more t- trending towards power being concentrated in the hands of a very very small number of super elite elite players and and that is because those players carry such a weight in marketing value nowadays they carry such a weight in in your sort of social media branding and your ability to sort of connect with the kids as it were um but i've talked about this in the podcast before and it was sort of the easiest example I have, I'm sorry to repeat it, but is, is when Cristiano Ronaldo joined Juventus and you saw things like their sort of Instagram um, engagement go from something like the 20th in Europe to the first overnight. It's because one player has that level of, of, of power. And I think Mbappe is absolutely the number one in this category for the next few years going forward. I think now that Messi and Neymar, um, Messi and Ronaldo are sort of reaching the, the, the last phases of their career and, and, and Neymar perhaps has never become quite that level, um, not that he hasn't been brilliant, but that level that Mbappe seems to be heading towards. Mbappe is going to be one of the most powerful people in football um, in terms of branding that there is. And so, of course, he shouldn't sign contracts that tie him anywhere for too long. He should always keep the power in, in his hands because he can, because every club in the world is going to want him regardless. So why why surrender that power to the football club? And if Mbappe is number one, arguably Erling Haaland, or Haaland to give him the anglicisation of his name, is number two though, Andy, because it seems like there's a clause in his contract as well that that perhaps Manchester City weren't too clear on. Well, rumoured but never confirmed. Um, With that said, that was the same with his uh, Dortmund get-out clauses uh, from when he he signed his contract there uh, after after joining from Salzburg. Um, There was certainly um, speculation that he had asked for a clause to be included in his his, his Manchester City contract, a release clause that would... um, kick into gear after say two years for example a a similar clause at a higher value um, to the one that he he signed in the contract with with, with Dortmund and um, I think what's interesting about this to briefly go back to the Mbappe angle of it and clearly you know that could change the whole parameters of the the, the PSG sporting project I think that's another discussion for another time Um, but I, I think when you look at that 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 sort of ability for one of the best players in the world to have that that power to do that and and not like late on in their career either we're talking about like maybe pre-peak 
of these guys, well, presumably pre-peak of these these guys, for them to not lock themselves into a megabucks six-year deal or seven-year deal or whatever, but to say, you know what, I back myself to work with the market forces here and I take the power away from even the biggest clubs in the game. And in terms of money, PSG and Manchester City are the biggest clubs in the game. You know, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But actually, they're sitting and waiting for, for what these guys want to do. Now, I, I guess on a much, much smaller scale, we've seen that with, say, um, Jesse Lingard signing a one-year deal with Nottingham Forest rather than going to West Ham for like two or three or, or, or whatever this, this summer. Like, that, that idea of like, um, going for higher wages in the short term um, but taking, I guess, what past players would have seen as a bit of a risk with your, your future. I mean, even with Mbappe and Haaland, clearly, if they stop playing tomorrow, they still have plenty of money. So, you know, it's, it's not the risk that it might be for, for other players with lesser earning potential. But it's still, it's, it's still a, a great show of faith in yourself that you're going to not only maintain your form, but build on your form, become bigger and better. And it's, it's about what Nicky was saying, I think, about, you know, retaining um, control of your destiny, retaining control of your brand. And making sure you're constantly re-evaluated and properly rewarded. Incidentally, maybe we've seen a little bit of this, Nicky, with Marco Verratti. Because Marco Verratti, I think if you put it all together, he signed something like five, six contract extensions since he's been at PSG. Now, he's constantly like been able to, to, to bring his wages up to the market value. But on the other hand, when he wanted to try and force his way out to Barcelona a couple of years ago, he couldn't do it. I, 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 you've mentioned Verratti and I have this most wonderful description of him I got in my head from listening to an um, Italian language podcast called La Reserva um, uh, the other day. And they were talking about Verratti at PSG and describing him as the uh, like almost like the central nervous system of PSG because otherwise no one else is communicating between the defence and the attack. It's just him sort of <laughs> shuttling the messages back and forward between the two. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. But yeah, you know, he's, he's a great um, a great case for that. I mean, actually, the, the, the one that was in my head, Andy, is... Um, as you were talking about, is Rafael Leao at Milan because he's gone into the last two years of his contract and I think he's a great example of a young player who's got huge potential, um, hasn't sort of, you know, he hasn't yet got incredible numbers. He's got good numbers, but he's he's someone whose potential is, is there for everyone to see and he's gone into the last two years of his contract, could have, well, there was offer of, of around 100 million euros coming uh, Milan's way from Chelsea and in the summer and, and they turned it down and he didn't kick up a stink. And I think that's because, again, now he knows that having gone through that transfer window, the power just comes more and more to him. And I think that um, that dynamic of, of sort of putting faith in, in, in yourself among young players is going to be really fascinating to watch. I do think, again, though, it's it's a very, very small select group that can exert that sort of influence in these um in these situations layout again is is someone who's in his early 20s and already drawing 100 million euro bids time nikki and andy to recommend a game of the week should we start with you andy um you know what i'm gonna go germany again i feel like i'm going germany a lot recently 
but I feel it's inevitable this weekend. Um, the Rafia derby, the first one in a couple of years due to Schalke's relegation and now re-promotion. Uh, Dortmund versus Schalke, Saturday afternoon. So um, you'll find a way to watch it if you really want to, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't think I'm uh, uh, like uh, letting any genie out of the bottle by saying that. Um, but it's, it's going to be really interesting because uh, Dortmund played most of a good game at Manchester City. And then I thought Edin Terzic, the coach who is under a little bit of examination at the moment, I think it's fair to say. You know, there's no real playing identity there. And it does feel like a disparate collection of very good individuals sometimes I think he dropped the coaching ball in the last 20 minutes of that game against Manchester City they sat back and gave City the ability to to, to open them up and they were absolutely battered at Leipzig um, last weekend uh, and then you have Schalke who won their first Bundesliga game in over 400 days last weekend in beating uh, rock bottom Bochum or rock Bochum if you like who's still not registered a single point um, so you know there's, there's so many great moments in this this derby um, we go back a couple of years ago when Peter Bosch was in charge of Dortmund they were 4-0 up at half time and it ended up being a 4 all draw there's loads going on here and Dortmund really cannot afford to not win it um, I, I guess the food recommendation um, We've been through a, a, a lot of vintage German dishes in uh, recent weeks. Uh, you, you know what? Saturday afternoon, go wild. Go Mexican, I say. Yeah. And you deserve a yellow card for that, rock bottom. But anyway, Nicky, can you recommend a game, can you recommend a game that you don't have to be a teenager to find a way to watch, if you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's an easy choice for me this week because it's a Milan against Napoli on Sunday night, 7.45pm UK time. Um, you've got a nice warm-up for that one as well, by the way, because uh, the afternoon game at 5 o'clock UK time before that is Roma against Atalanta. Uh, Atalanta unbeaten and joint top of the table at the moment. So we've talked plenty about Roma and Mourinho, but that's a nice warm-up. But yeah, look, Milan against Napoli. Napoli, everyone has been watching them in Europe. They are a really, really fun team to watch at the moment. I think what's astonishing about them at the moment is their depth um that I'm, I'm certain you'll see significant changes even from the team that beat um range in the champions league and and the the sort of range of options that they've got to play with up front even without victor osman is really fun um milan are going to be without leal which which is a big blow because he was sent off for a high boot last weekend but still this is two title contenders going at it early in the season so for me that's an easy choice for game of the week and um, I know you want the food pairing as always well I was reading an interview this week with Matteo Politano who um, was of course uh, the first goal scorer against Rangers and Politano said he was asked what his favourite food was and he said pizza, pasta and potatoes with provola which is a type of cheese so I say have at it get your carbs in and live like a professional footballer <laughs> Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.